Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So with all of that in mind, how big of a post-All-Star break stretch. We're already into the second half of the season. But this post-All-Star break stretch for the core six, and I'm getting into general manager Raphael Stone speaking with you guys, speaking with media earlier in the week. And he talked about being pleased with the development of the young players. We'll call them the core six. That's the draft picks of the last three years, right? Jalen Green and Alperen Shingun of a couple of years ago, or I guess a few years ago now. Um, Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason of now a couple of years. God, man, time is freaking flying. I'm like, yo, Jalen Green's is third. Like all these guys have been around for a little while now. So yeah, Jabari Smith and Tari Eason now in their second year, and of course we know Amon Thompson and uh, Cam Whitmore, the rookies that were drafted in the first round this year, the core six. Says that he's pleased, not necessarily satisfied. That they're demanding. You were there. What? What stood out to you from y'all's interaction with Raphael Stone? And then and then I want to get into briefly, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I want to talk about each player for a second, just about each player's development if we can. Yeah, I don't know if anything really stood out. Um, it, it is the first time that I, I think that he's been done any sort of formal media availability since the season started. So, you know, you just kind of want to see where he's at and he's not going to say a whole lot uh, in that type of a setting. So, yeah, I, I didn't get much from it. Um, I, I thought you kind of learned a little bit more about, you know, just what he was thinking with Steven Adams more than anything else, but um, he didn't go real in depth. I think really the only guy that he went in depth on per se, I guess he did with Cam Whitmore a little bit, but he went a little bit in depth with Jalen green. And, and I think as we look through the end of the season, that's the guy who probably has more on the line than anybody else, because he's got an opportunity and the same thing with Shingun uh, to make himself a lot of money and to, um, put himself in position to get the big rookie extension. And I, I don't know if that is a, I think that's one of the questions that 
we'll probably ask when we get to the end of the season is, does he feel like it's a priority to get an extension done with the two extension eligible guys sooner rather than later? Or do you just have them play it out and, and go into restricted free agency in, in 2025? So I think that's why for Jalen Green, if you have a really good last however many games are left, you set yourself up to get into the conversation where you know they are talking extension and they're exchanging real numbers as opposed to if you wait a year then you you know you, you play it out and you try and make the best that, that you can out of it and then you see if you can get that max deal or you can get the, the big offer sheet from somebody else and force the rockets hand so um and the same thing kind of goes with shingun too i think shingun is probably uh, he's had the better year obviously this year of the two uh but he's got a chance to to play himself into the big extension also so i think that's those guys have the most on the line uh, over the the end of the season. Uh, I think the others, you know, we still have to see if Tari East is going to play. It's it's been you know six weeks or so, or almost six weeks since he's played. So we got to wait and see. He's got to get healthy more than anything else. And and I think that they're happy with how the rookies have played. I think that they probably had at least with Whitmore, he's had a bigger role than I think they anticipated he would have when the season started. And he's been really good. You know, he's he's been. He's been solid for the most part when he has played. And Amin Thompson is starting to figure things out at this level also. All right. So let's let's start here with Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun. Here's my thought. And, and just help me talk through this. Is there do you think there's an appetite for like these are the two extension eligible guys, right? Eligible. I can if I can say eligible. These are the these are the two extension eligible guys, Alperin Shingun and Jalen Green. Do you feel like there is an appetite for extending one of them and not the other? And is that like, is that awkward at all? Like what if, like, as you can do for either or both, right? But if you just go Shingoon and then Jalen Green is not lamed up, but sort of an approved it year lamed up. Like I, like I'm, I'm curious and maybe there's not a great answer for this, but I am curious about what is the, what is the messaging there? Uh, and what is the, like, what are, for lack of a better term, what are vibes if that happens, if they were to do that? What, like, what do you think about that proposition? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know because it's been so long since I've been in this position. I mean, when you think about it, um, they drafted Clint Capello in the first round in 2014, and they didn't have another first round pick again until Jalen Green. So this is really the first time that they have had that we've even had the the rookie extension conversation. Or I guess they drafted Sam Decker, but Sam Decker was gone after two years. So really Capella is the last guy that they had that we even have talked about an extension with. And they took Capella to restricted free agency. So yeah, you know, different GM, obviously, but I think that they are probably comfortable with taking guys to free agency. And if they don't feel like, you know, if you can't come together on an extension. You know, I'm sure they'll exchange numbers. And if you can't come together on something, then you say, okay, well, play it out and we'll see what happens next summer. Um, we'll obviously talk and you know, we'll go from there. And if you get a better offer from somebody else, we'll match it. Or maybe you won't match it. You know, who knows? So I, I think that it, it, it's difficult because it's risky. Like if you don't sign guys to an extension and all of a sudden they pop off the next year, what happens? you're stuck. And then you could have gotten the guy for a whole lot cheaper than he wound up being. You know, you look at Jalen Brunson, isn't the best comparison, but the Mavs could have signed Jalen Brunson to a, a very reasonable contract extension before, you know, a couple of years ago, they chose to play it out and he popped and, you know, 
he basically got double of what he was asking them for. But the difference was that he was unrestricted, uh, at least, you know, with the Rockets in this case, um, the guys that we're talking about would be restricted free agents. So it's it's difficult. You know, it's it's a really tough question to, to answer because, you know, what if you sign these guys to big extensions and then all of a sudden their play, you know, they, they flop and they aren't worth it. So you're basically paying these guys on what you think they will wind up being as opposed to what they really are. That's what makes the rookie extensions difficult. It seems to me like the most logical play is to just not extend either one of them. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know, because you don't have to, right? And they're, they're, they're getting paid. Everybody's getting paid handsomely. No one's poor, right? So just don't do it. Like it, it that that feels like the smartest play. Um, now I, I asked the question. I prefaced it with like vibes. Like, what is the morale? What is the messaging? What's the feeling? What's the confidence that you're showing in your players or lack thereof? If you don't do it, how do they respond to that? Like, I don't know the answers to any of that, but it does like personalities and egos and the interpersonal aspect of sports feels like it matters more in the nba possibly than any other sport that we cover and maybe that's overstated but it certainly matters right so like that's a that's a that's a thing i got like i really just wonder about that if like maybe the best way is to just kind of play it cool and let these guys continue to play continue to develop like i don't like i don't think that we've seen i'm not breaking ground here on by saying this but i don't think we've really seen either of those two guys tap into their fully tap into their potential even though Albert Shingoon is playing way better than a lot of people expected him to play and he's better than a lot of people probably expected him to be like they're so young it's 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 hard to surmise that those guys have, have really tapped into it why not just give it another year and see where uh see where things take you perhaps midway through next year or, or possibly at the end of next year uh see where the chips fall or or if one of your younger players emerges as the clear guy that since you're going to have to be making the decisions on them the following years, right? Maybe one of those guys emerges as the clear guy that you want to give that extension to. And that information reveals itself. And now you know that, hey, it's not it's it's not you, it's me or it's not nothing against you, Jalen or Al, or Alpi or whoever it is that doesn't get the extension. Maybe it's uh maybe we're looking at it a year from now and it's like hey it's a two-year conversation is a conversation two years out but maybe it's cam whitmore maybe it's thompson maybe it's you know you know i don't, I don't think it, you know jabari jabari and tari don't really strike me as those type of players but maybe it's what well, you know just in theory like you know maybe it's one of these other guys and it's not uh and it's not one of these the, the oldest of them so it's a it's a variant like like you mentioned, man. It's not a place that they've been in, uh, even with the those top two guys. You know, like like just having uh, the, the the rookie or the pick to to make the decision on, much less a a list of six of them sort of in consecutive years where the where that uh that decision is going to be right around the corner. Well, they've got the six, and then they're going to have the lottery pick from from Brooklyn. So you're looking at seven guys over a four year span. That's a lot of money. Uh, it, it's a gamble for both sides. Like the Rockets could go to Jalen Green and say, hey, we'll offer it. We'll give you four for 120. And that's not close to the max. And Jalen Green could say, no, I'm going to play it out and I'm going to bet on myself. Or he could take it and, you know, maybe he has a great year next year and 
you know, it turns out that he gave the Rockets a discount. Remember Steph Curry, um, he signed for far less than what he probably should have gotten when he got his rookie deal because he had been hurt. And so instead of making, he probably could have made double, I don't know what the, the rookie level um, extension was back in 2013 or whoever, whenever it was, but he was only making $11 million a year with that first extension that allowed them to get Kevin Durant. Um, so, you know, you just kind of have to wait again. It, it's a gamble for both sides. Um, if you're, you are the Rockets, you don't have to do it, but, um, if you don't get it done and both these guys turn in all-star caliber seasons next year, then all of a sudden you're stuck and you're paying these guys maybe a lot more than you could have gotten away with. Um, and, and the other aspect of it, if you sign the guys, um, before the season, if you give them the extensions, they basically become untradeable for a year. Like you, it, it's very difficult because of the poison pro provision. Uh, you cannot trade these guys. If you don't do extensions with them, it makes them very tradable when you get down to the deadline. Or if you get down at some point of the season, you know, if you want to do something with Mikael Bridges, it becomes a whole lot easier to include Jalen in there if you don't sign him to the extension. Uh, and if that, but again, we're talking that that's almost that's almost a year down the road. All right. So let me ask you something about Amin Thompson, because he's, you know, able to play a little bit more with Fred Van Vliet's injury. That's kind of the I don't want to say the benefit because I don't I don't like to view the guy's in, injury as a benefit. But that is, you know, it allows another guy to step up. And that guy is Amin Thompson. I, I'm going to throw this at you. Kind of here on the spot. Where does he already to you rank among the Rockets defenders? I think Dylan Brooks is clearly their best defender. I don't want to get like cute with this. But after that, where does Thompson to you rank? Because I am impressed with his activity. Defend. He's a rookie, obviously, but it, it feels like he's got, you know, some obvious and clear size and athleticism, God given, but also some really good instincts out there on the floor. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know exactly where he ranks. Um, he's really good, though. And, and like you said, the size really helps. Uh, he's a great rebounder. I, I think that's one of the more underrated aspects of his game is that he's he's a guy who could be a double-digit rebound guy. I think let him know, let him in rebounding against the Knicks, which yeah. you know, yeah. Um, one of the things he made he made Udoka's made the uh, the Ben Simmons comparison with him just because there is a very similar skill set. He's not quite as big. As Ben Simmons, you know, um, Ben Simmons is a little taller and he's a little wider and, you know, he's stronger, which is, you know, pretty natural when you consider just the age difference. But I, I do see that comparison um, and they've kind of used um, Thompson like Simmons was used in, in the past, you know, when he was out there. So I think that's probably an apt comparison. Um, again, he, he's a really good defender. He's a game changer on that end of the floor. And, and so you look at, you know, how, however they – they're, they're set up for next year. Like you have a, a, a lineup with Amin Thompson and Tari Eason and Dylan Brooks and Jabari Smith Jr. Like that's a really good defensive unit. And, you know, you could probably throw in Steven Adams next year uh, with that mix. Like that's, that's a really tough team to score against. That's a, a team that's going to force a lot of turnovers. So like you have the makings of, of, of a really good, you know, unit with that, with that group. So I think that, if he learns how to shoot, I think that's going to be the big thing. Like if that shot ever comes around, then he's going to be a really special player. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I, I, I feel like it's it's really like the the only thing that he's missing and he's missing it really badly. Um, I, I thought it was a really interesting play where was it Jalen who thought he was finding him in the corner, but he wasn't there and he had 
this was earlier in the game against the Knicks, and he had already cut to the basket, and it was just a, you know a real bad turnover, pass out of bounds. You know, expecting him to be in the corner, but he's not a shooter. You know, and so he's not going to sit there at the quarter waiting on the shot. He's going to he he made the right play, and so it was just kind of a miscommunication and maybe a misunderstanding of the of your personnel, your teammates out there. But man, if he gets like I. There's a lot of talk about uh, Ben Sullivan. The I, I guess he's is he their shooting coach, you know, or you know, kind of the guy that they that they go to for shooting. If they if they're able to just kind of tap into anything, his form looks fine. He just <laughs> he's just a bad shooter, man. <laughs> he didn't shoot free throws until late in the game, and he missed them both. Uh, I don't know if you remember that it was like God, man. The shot looks fine. I just don't understand why. I don't understand why he's so bad or why he's not better at that, you know. Um, but but certainly that's a thing. Like I think about guys who were able to improve their shot over time. Like Jason Kidd stands out. You know, Ben Simmons is the opposite. You know, uh, is the counterfactual uh, sort of example of this. But you know, it, it it feels like a player as young as that. If you know, if he's got everything else and all you need to do is work on the shooting, that seems like something that you can work with or should be able to work. Yeah, you would hope. Uh, and again, I'm sure that that's probably going to be top of his list when you get into the offseason is working on the shot and just getting it consistent and at least making it so that teams have to, like, defend you from out there. I like Jabari Smith Jr.'s game, but I feel like it's, you know, still up and down at times. Like sometimes he looks like one of the better players, on the, clearly one of the better players on the floor. And then at other times, he still looks like a really, really young player, which he is, to be fair. You know, uh, what since we're just here on the core six before we move on, what have you thought about Jabari specifically since he got back from what was his? I'm trying to remember his injury. Was it an ankle? Yeah. What was his injury since he got back from his ankle injury? What What are you what are you thinking about his game? And he's been fine. I think that he is. He saw a lot of what he could be in summer league. I think that got people really excited, and uh, he's he's carried that over. Like the the counting stats aren't really there. He doesn't shoot the ball probably as much as he should. Yeah, he's, he's always around the ball, and I think the rebounding has been really big for him on both ends of the floor: offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. Uh, he's been really good with that, and he's a guy who can get a rebound and he can go bring the ball up the floor himself. He's not like good at it, but he's not afraid to do it either. Um, the shooting has obviously gotten better, um, better from the field, better from behind the three point. I mean, this is a guy who was shooting less than forty one percent from the field last year, uh, thirty one and less than thirty one percent from three. I mean, those numbers have increased significantly. So I think that that's been really good. You'd like to be able to see him get to the free throw line a little bit more, and he's still got to get stronger. Like he's got to get a little bit more explosive just in, in his lower half, and he's got a chance to be really good. But you know, he's not. He doesn't back down from anyone. Uh, he can. Uh, you're starting to see the defender that they thought he could be, and so I think that. He probably should not have been. He, he's not. He's not going to wind up being the best player in that draft class, but he's still going to be really, really good. Yeah, and I, I think you tell me if you agree with this. But the thing that has stood out, it just feels like he hesitates for a list. Like he seems there's. It's hard to measure this. This so this is like an eye test observation here. But he just seems so much more sure of himself. You know, when he's out there on both ends of the floor. It just it feels like he knows what he's doing and he's got a level of confidence that didn't feel like it was there certainly early on in, in his rookie year. But 
feels like it's been there throughout this year, even when he, even at times when he wasn't necessarily playing well. So um, had 20 uh, Monday night, I believe, against uh, against the Knicks and, you know, was, I guess, sort of a quiet 20 because of what you got from Dylan Brooks and, you know, Dylan Brooks shooting shooting the ball well from three. And, of course, Aaron Holiday coming off the bench and giving you what he gave you. And obviously the way the game ended, that that's, you know, certainly left an imprint. But but yeah, man, I, I like his game. He would be he would be the to me. He epitomizes the pleased but not satisfied line, party line that they're given uh, from, from the Rockets, right? Pleased with the development, but not quite satisfied because you can see some of the things that he can develop in, like you mentioned, getting stronger and just low, getting stronger overall, lower and upper, uh, lower half and upper body. Um, I, I think there's a lot of room to grow w- within that frame. And once he does get stronger, he's got a skill set. That uh, I mean, look, man, the dude's long, gangly, long arm, nice shooting stroke. Um, should be able to get his shot off against just about anybody in the league. I know there's some freaks coming in the league between you know, I just you know, I was just watching Chet, you know, watching the Thunder and the Magic, and obviously Wendy's out there. Like there's some <laughs> there's some tall dudes in the league, but uh, but Jabari's got a got a sweet stroke, and you know, as, as he gets stronger, he should be able to compete with pretty much anybody. Um, any other four in the game, honestly, even if he's not going to be, you know, max player or the best player in the draft or whatever the case may be. 